the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12 and Mystery Hour is upon us. Your weekly opportunity to achieve satisfaction, which given the conversation we had in the last hour is probably a slightly unfortunate turn of phrase, to get an answer to the question that has had you puzzled for the longest time, to recombobulate your intellect. It's really very simple. You've probably seen the newspaper columns that do something similar, albeit much more slowly. Uh, Why do we do this? What do we do that for? Where does that come from? Uh, Any when, whither, whence, why, where? for who why what where when uh, you get the picture you ring in with a question someone listening will know the answer there are only two rules really uh, no repetition and no dullness so if you have a question which we've dealt with relatively recently then we will politely pass on the opportunity to ask it again and if in the opinion of the management i.e me it is a dull question it won't get on either uh, and if it's to do with roads or motoring it's probably dull 08456060973 is the number to call. If you hear somebody else ask a question to which you do know the answer, ring in and answer it. Uh, it gets busy, but if you hit the numbers now, you will get through. You need to be quick, but I will only ever say the number during Mystery Hour and indeed during the rest of the week if there's actually a phone line free. So when I tell you that you've got a good chance of getting through now, it is the honest truth. I've never understood that phrase. What would be the opposite of the honest truth? The dishonest truth? 0845-6060-973 is the number to call. You can't look anything up. So that, that's the only other rule, actually. I said there were two. In a way, there's three. There's two, two rules for questioners, only one rule for answerers. And the rule for answerers is this. This is a celebration. And I know this sounds a bit pompous, but I stand by it. This is a celebration of, of, of education, of illumination, of elucidation. It's about what you know and why you know it. It's not about search engines or reference books, unless, of course, you've read them previously and, and remember the information. So if you hear someone ask a question, I know that some of them will be Googleable, but that's not the point. A lot of them won't be, but even the ones that are... We don't want to do that. We actually want a bit of human interaction, a bit of communication, a bit of education. Chris is in God's own country. Is it? Chris, what would you like to ask? <laughs> Good afternoon, James. Hello, uh, question is, it's an old saying, old word, the expression mealy-mouthed. I know what it means, uh, but... Well, t- just remind like us what it actually... Where it comes from. Yeah, I like that question. Remind us what, what it actually means. It's someone who's not brave enough to say what they mean, uh, or honestly to say what they mean. Yes. Yeah, mealy-mouthed is sort of not, not well, beating around the bush, is it, sort of thing? Something like that, yeah. You used to hear it a lot years ago, and I just heard it the other day when I was grabbing a coffee about uh, two guys talking about it. Yeah, it's a bit mealy-mouthed. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And, um, I'll tell you, I know Wayne, who's not got a date for Sunday night, so probably isn't going to come to my show. He's actually reading <laughs> Brewer's Dictionary of Favourites and Fable at the moment. Last time I saw him, he got up to K. So if he's got up to M, he'll, right. be, he'll be on the line, probably, trying to get through <laughs> with that one. So we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to... He's only got two more to go from K. I bet he is up to the we'll wait and okay. see nice one chris take care six minutes after 12 rob's in hartford question or answer rob yeah hi james here's oh, a question go on then i'm just wondering what happens to the uh, crusts of loaves that are used in the ready-made sandwich industry you mean the end bits yeah the end bits well why are you wondering about because well, i like them I, I like a crust in my toast 
pull my toast in the morning. So you, you're wondering if there's any way you can go to buy a bag of crisps? Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like a crust and a bit of marmalade, lovely. Yeah, no, all right, I understand your breakfast enthusiasms. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I wouldn't hold your breath on this one. I imagine that they get chucked in a big blender and they all get sold as breadcrumbs or something like that, don't you? Yes, I suppose, yeah. Find, so, yeah and also, if you buy cheap sandwiches from supermarkets, sometimes you get a crust. I've never noticed that. I only go not... to Marks Spencer's or Waitrose, to be honest with you. Oh, well, honestly, Rob, <laughs> you want to get yourself down Asda or Morrison's, and then you're more likely to go. So we need someone who works in a sandwich factory. Pretty much, yes. I think we might get one. Yeah. I, stranger things have happened. What happens to the end crusts, the crust crusts, not the sort of edge crusts? That's it. The end crusts on, on ready-made sandwiches. Where do they all end up? You're on. Yes. I like that. Thank you, sir. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Mealy mouthed and crusts. A sort of culinary flavour emerging so far. A couple of phone lines free now because we've taken two questions. Don't hold back. Certainly, don't waste your time emailing or texting to complain that you can't get through. When you hear me say the numbers, hit them, and uh, ideally get your fast track to the switchboard. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. It's also a lovely way to break your duck. This, if, if you quite like the idea of getting involved in the program or with. LBC 97.3 in general, but you understandably hold back a bit, perhaps, from uh, having your two penneth on some of the other issues that we discuss. This is a lovely way just to dip your toe into the water. Charles is in Tottenham. Charles, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, actually, James. And, yes. uh, I, to explain, first of all, I'm busy impaired, which is why the reason I'm asking the question. By the way, it is quite quite easy to get booze in the mystery hour. You can do it. Just dial that number. You'll be there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, aside from that, uh, James, you and I are both Catholics. Yes. Uh, and um, I've often wondered how it is. You know when you get the host, they say the body of Christ. Yeah. You take it in your mouth. And, and you, uh, I've, I've noticed that as I take it in my mouth, I'm kind of feeling the shape of it. Yeah. And it's always rounded. How would they manage to do that? How, how do they get the, the host the, round? Yeah, the sort of rounded shape. They always need to do it very accurately and very well, distinctly. It's, it's with, with, a, with, a, with a cutter. Oh, so it's actually made out of what? It's rice paper, isn't it, really? Or, or oh, some, something very similar. So there'll be big sheets of it. Yeah. On a, on, a, on a, you know, a production line of sorts. It doesn't become, as a Catholic, we are supposed to believe that it doesn't become the body of Christ until it's been blessed by the priest. No, that's right. So until then, it is just bread. Uh-huh. So they, they just, it'll just have, you know, the same way they make sort of biscuits. It'll, they'll have cookie cutters. It'll have, there'll be a big sheet of it, and then they'll cut uh. the... Okay, what I'm about that. It's not exactly the, the road to Damascus type no, revelation, this right. Charles, is it? I know what you it? mean, mate. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose when the priest can bless it and put it in the, in the tabernacle and so forth, and, yes. um, when we have it as a body of Christ. So, are you, I mean, how impaired is your vision? Have you, can you uh, not see... It, it, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually now severe. Okay, so, so, I mean, if you could see one, because when I was an altar boy, I used, to, I used to, between you and me, I used to scoff quite a lot of the unblessed ones. Oh, did you? Yes, because it yeah, was well, one of the perks of being an older little swig of the wine and a, and a nice chomp on yeah. the old on the old wafer. Well, no, I tell you what, my wife used to do because she was at the convent, uh, girl uh, convent for the blind in Ireland, oh, yes. and her, her, her and a few of them went into the chapel and they they managed to pry the tabernacle open oh. and took a few of them out and took them up to the dormitory. <laughs> well, this is the same as me boarding school. They were so hungry yeah. they'd have done it. Well, anyway, if you had seen them, if you could see, you would know that it's like a biscuit. It is just literally uh -huh. being cut. Although, I'll leave the question open in the unlikely event of someone responsible for producing and manufacturing communion wafers wants to ring in. Lovely. Thanks, James. Charles, mind how you go. The motto of the programme, of course, is if you build it, they will come. In the case of someone who manufactures communion wafers, I'm 
fairly confident the motto won't work today, but you never know. Penny's in Rygate. Penny, question or answer? Hello, James. It's lovely to talk to you. Likewise. Um, it's a question. Yes. Um, it's actually my daughter's question, but she's at school. Um, they're both, both my children are really um, big fans of your show, so they asked oh, me to ring them. in with this. Okay. Um, but why is it that girls curtsy but boys bow? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, why, do, why don't we all do the same thing? Mm. Why do girls curtsy and boys bow? I'm just trying, if a girl, I'm trying to think about clothes, dresses skirts and frocks versus trousers but that's not really going to answer the question no, is it because no. boys could curtsy men could bow bows and yeah i like that <laughs> well I, okay. I, I hope we get an answer what are your children called uh pip who's eight and yep. joe who's who's ten fantastic and, and they like mystery hour they do they love mystery that's hour good, very so. much if ever they're off school they always want to listen to it you should so. get them the podcast for a christmas present I <laughs> my my, my six-year-old wants to ring him, but I've banned her from doing so. Thank you, Penny, and thank you, Pip and Joe. Uh, curtsying and bowing, why? I like that, actually. I've never thought about that. But sort of dancing, is it? Stephanie's in Earl's Court. Uh, question or answer, Stephanie? Question. Yes. Um, you know when you go to sleep at yes. night and yes. you wake up in the morning, you get sleep in your eye? Yes. Why, if you sleep in the day, even for the same amount of time, you don't get sleep in your eye when you wake up? Well, you do. You don't, I Well, you've that. never slept for eight hours in the middle of the day. I have. Really? Yeah, when I've been on nights. Well, you do get sleep in your eye. I don't. Well, you would if you slept I... as deeply. It's all about how much your eyes move while you're sleeping. If your eyes are moving a lot, they'll keep the fluid moving a lot and you won't get the little crystallised deposits in the corner of your eye. Oh, well, no, I've never had it. Well, I bet you have. You just haven't noticed. I haven't. I bet you have. <laughs> Oh, well, if you say so, Joe. Well, uh, I mean, it's not... What do you think the answer is? you think it's something to do with light and dark or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, I thought it was something to do with the time or something like that. I I, I apologise for answering this, because I've got absolutely... No, 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 I'm retracting my answer, because I've got absolutely no qualifications whatsoever. (laughs) I just presume it's common sense, but every time on Mystery Hour I presume it's common sense, I end up looking like an idiot. It's okay. So I shall... so, So Stephanie thinks... That when she sleeps yeah, during daytime, she doesn't get any sleep in her eyes. Yeah, and I have, because I've done nights, and I sleep as deeply during the day. I bet you I do don't. At nighttime. I bet. I How do. do you know you're asleep? Exactly. I bet you're not <laughs> sleeping as deeply. I bet you've got different... I'm, uh, I, why am I still doing it? I've just apologised and retracted, and now I'm going back <laughs> over it again. I don't know I don't know why you put up with me, Stephanie. I really don't. Because <laughs> you're bullying. I'll leave it out. <laughs> Carry on. Let's get Stephanie an answer. Jill's in Beckenham. Jill, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Yes. Uh, when animals bear their teeth, Arr. yeah, they're being hostile, right? Yes. They're probably going to bite you. Yes. But when humans bear their teeth, it's a smile and it's friendly. Oh. Why? Are we the only species I don't that know. smiles? I, I, I don't know about apes and whether when they bear their teeth it's friendly or, or hostile. I don't know. No. Bearing of the teeth. Well, maybe it's a way of showing that we're not hostile. We're bearing our teeth in a way that is actually saying we're friends. Uh, well, why don't animals do that? Well, because they're, 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 not as evo- they're not as emotionally evolved as us. They, they, and, uh, you know, they haven't worked out. If an animal worked out, if a lion could smile, think how much more it would eat. Because it would stroll up to a gazelle on the savannah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is a really intelligent answer. It would stroll up to a gazelle on the on the savannah, and instead of the gazelle knowing immediately that the lion was going to eat it, and therefore running away, and then running and running the risk of denying the lion lunch, if the lion sort of wandered up and smiled and went, oh, "Hello," 
The gazelle would be lulled into a false sense of security. Snap, full up lion, dead gazelle. Right, you've answered the question. I think I have. I bet it's part of human evolution that the smile is deliberately designed to disarm someone that we approach. Before we bite them. But yeah, Well, not necessarily. Ideally, we're not going to bite them. Right. Are you, are you accepting this answer? No. Oh, all right then. Jog on. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, Jill. Why okay. do we smile when every other teeth-bearing mammal is usually denoting aggression? Uh, 0845 Where do the crusts go on ready-made sandwiches? The two end bits. Uh, do we know anything about the production of communion wafers? I have answered that, but I'd love to get it confirmed. I didn't get my round of applause, Will. Thank you. Uh, origin of the phrase mealy-mouthed. Uh, curtsies and bows, why do we do differently according to gender? Do you get, why does Stephanie not get sleep in her eyes when she has a kip during the day? And is it only humans? Why do we, why do we bear our teeth to smile? Usually when a mammal bears its teeth, it is a precursor to ripping your throat out with their incisors. It's 12.15. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. I just did that thing where you walk towards a door and reach for the handle quite casually and miss it and then nearly fall over backwards. I don't know why I've shared that with you. I was so delighted that no one had noticed. Do you know what I mean? When you come up to a pool door rather than a push door and you reach for the handle and start pulling and then realise too late that you haven't actually grasped the handle and then fall over backwards right on your backside. That's why I share it. Mystery hour. Something else to share. I don't take questions via any medium other than phone. So I, although I may read out texts and tweets, and it's always a pleasure to get them, I, I can't take questions via text or tweet, otherwise we'd be here all day. Uh, I've done a quick recap of the questions that are still on the board, already on the board, so we'll just crack on. Theo is in Ealing. Question or answer, Theo? Hello, James. Hello. I think I might have an answer. Bring it on. Um, although I'm not quite sure why the women curtsy, um, oh. but I understand that men bow um, as it's a, it's a way to show when you first meet somebody that it's, it's, it's ultimately a sign of respect and uh, a sign that you're not afraid of them. And ah, trust. Or, or, yes. Or, you, you're, you're quite up on your Greek. You know when you speak to an older, you speak in the plural out, out of um, sort of common respect. Yes. Same sort of thing that, um, you know, you're Sigur bowing. I... Yes, bravo. And in French as yeah. well, actually. I mean, the... the, 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 the... First person plural is a sign of uh, of politeness, but also if you bow to me, Theo, it means that you are running the risk of me stabbing you. Precisely, and and that's the point. In a, in the civilized world, we don't fear that, and uh, it's also um, you know I don't I'm actually not afraid of you. I like that. I'm bowing my head, and um, that's how sure I am of myself um, when it comes. Uh, to you. It doesn't help with the curtsying, though. Un unless women curtsy, because if they bowed, would be able to look down their tops. Well, <laughs> trust you to go to, uh, to that sort of... Hey, I'm reading out a text. I, you know, my mind would never have gone in that direction at all, but it's Fair true, enough. isn't it? I mean, it does actually... It has a sort of plausibility to it. I'm going to give you half a round of applause, because you've explained bowing, but by your own admission, you've not explained curtsying, and you were... You, Thank you. you, Thank did, you. So, this is for Theo. Well done. Are you are you in touch with home? Do you, are you in touch with Greece much? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How's no, it, how, what's the picture there? Is it as bad as it's being painted? Um, it's 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 very bad out there. You know, people don't have sort of um, 
don't have don't have money to put sort of uh, bread on the table uh, now. You know, the average wage is six hundred euros, and you know everyone's being blamed. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Yes. When really, well and truly, we've had uh, nothing to do with it. Uh, rather, our, our political uh, elite. Well, punching down, that's when the, I mean, in Greece, the Golden Dawn, these fascists are gathering support all the time, blaming it all on immigrants. Well, this is the fear, is exactly what happened quite a few years ago in, a, in another part of Europe. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Theo, a pleasure to talk to you, sorry for bringing Thank that you. dark shadow over our otherwise light-hearted exchange, but, uh, you know, it's a country I love, and, I, and I'm not in touch with many Greek people anymore. Ken's in Romford. Ken, what would you like to say? Hi, James, hello. Hello, Ken. Um, Question or answer? This is a question, sorry, question. Marvellous. Remembrance Day going on. Yes. Now, the interesting thing is my wife asked a question. Mm. Uh, where do women should wear the poppy flower? Is it on the left or right? And where does the queen wear the poppy flower? Anybody uh, got an answer? Well, I, I, mean, th- I do know that Her Majesty is a keen listener, but I think that decorum prevents her from actually ringing in. I have it on impeccable authority. <laughs> Why are you laughing? She said she can't ring in. Well, she can't. She's the queen. What do you expect from her? She's got of things course, to do. Yeah, come on, Ken. Show her a bit of flipping respect, will you, man? You can't expect <laughs> yeah. Her Majesty to start phoning up Mystery Hour. Yeah, the, my wife said the queen wears it on the right. Now, mm. that's a, that makes you scratch your head because majority of the people, all the presenters and all on TV, the women and men both wear it on the left. So what well, that's where the buttonhole is, usually. I mean, for, oh, for, right, for me, at least. Left or, left or right? On the, my buttonhole's usually on the left, so I wear it on the left, but because of that's where the buttonhole is on my suit. Yeah, but there is a... There must is there be a right way or a wrong way? I'm not sure there is, is there? Yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. Oh. Yeah. Well, but why, is it, why are you asking it specific to women, as if there's a different way for women no, to do it? No, What's no, it got I to do with Her Majesty? Uh, By the way, we should say, hello, hello, Your Majesty. Nice, nice oh, yes, you. definitely, yeah. Your Majesty. Yeah. Yes. She could ring in about the curtsying one. She could answer all the <laughs> questions today. What a shame that, that decorum prevents her from contributing to her favourite radio programme. Yeah. So anyway, some wise guy might come up with an answer. Some wise guy? You're being rude to my listeners now. What do you mean, some wise guy? Well, there are so many people who call you up and all that. They're a clever but, bunch. Uh, oh, you mean a man of wisdom rather than a wise guy in the New York gangster argo. Okay, you okay, could say. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Fixit will tell us. Let's, let's not get carried away. Ken, I will get you an answer. If it, nice talking to you, bye. Like, nice talking to you as well. Jonathan's in tooting. Jonathan, question or answer? James, it's a, a question, yes. and I can assure you worth a round of applause. Well, you don't um, get a round of applause uh, for questions unless they are truly exceptional. Oh, you're going to love this one. Mm. I was driving up the Warwick Road, and I saw to my left, it sounds like a song, doesn't it? I was driving up the Warwick Road, and I was a set of lights stuck in the traffic, and I looked to my left, and I saw what looked like a fire hydrant, but it said a dry riser. Now, what? surely if it's a fire hydrant, it's going to be wet, not dry. So why is a dry riser a dry riser, and what does it mean? Wait there, Jonathan. Can you just stay there for a second? Who let him on? Yeah, sure. Who let him on? Which one, of you, <laughs> which one of you is responsible? Jonathan, do you mind? I'm trying to have a private conversation. Can you stop, ca- can you stop with a Cornish cackle, please? Who, who let this on? Right. Can you, can you just swap roles now, please? I, want, I, want, I don't want any more of this nonsense. You've, frankly, you've been That's working really here for long one. enough. You've been working here for long it, enough. It, you, you should have known this was going to break all the rules of, of mischief. I feel like I've won just getting through. It's like winning the competition just getting through. <laughs> You're on. Isn't it? Dry riser. Yeah. Well, and it is, it is, what is it? It's a, it's a, 
It is definitely a hydrant of sorts, is it? It is a hydrant. It was oh, by is, the I'm side almost the falling asleep. Why am I following up with supplementary questions? This is, this is the dullest question I've ever heard in my... What's a dry riser? Oh. No, it's not. It's right. really interesting. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you, have you read the papers today? No, no, I haven't. There's a, there's a story, you're going to love it. Where's speak. that story? We were talking about it earlier. What, Cornish one? No, well, sort of. It's, on, uh, it's in the Telegraph, I think. Let me find where it's gone. I've lost. It's on page 40 of the Mail as well. It's all about yeah, why yeah, no. regional accents are on the increase, not the decrease. Exactly, because we're, we're moving out. Do you know the biggest, the biggest uh, exodus of miners in the 1700s, 1800s was the Cornish miners that went all over the world? You'll find a bit of Cornwall everywhere. If there's a man down a hole, ten men down a hole, one of them will be Cornish. <laughs> Did you know that? Seriously. I, I'm not going to give you... I'm not, I believe you. Of course I do. I'm not going to give you a round of applause, because the question was uh, rubbish. But I'm going <laughs> to play you the new Mystery Hour theme tune. Have you heard it yet? Yeah, I did last week. Brilliant. This I is like this it. by Chris Offen, a listener, and there's now a video to go with it, which you can see at YouTube. The link is on my Twitter, on my Twitter feed. Jonathan, mind how you go. Everyone enjoy this a yeah, bit. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Take care. Mark's in Kensington. Mark, question or answer? Uh, well, I've actually now got an answer for you whilst nope. waiting to give you my question. No, only only what so, you've cleared with the, with the soon-to-be-sacked producer. OK, fine. The question um, is, I drive a van. Yes. And uh, if I'm going on the motorway, at about 1,800 revs per minute, the turbo comes on. OK. So, is this is some sort of conspiracy against me? No, 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 no. It's a legitimate question. I've, I've sorted by elsewhere, and I've yet to get a positive answer. Right. So, at eighteen hundred revs per minute, the turbo comes on, which is aids the, the vehicle in speed. Right. What is the most economical? What is the most economical speed to drive at with the turbo on or the turbo off? Does that make sense to you? Well, it does make sense to me, but I am obviously employing English in a way that other people involved in this programme don't understand completely. Because if I said questions, I don't want any dull questions, and they're almost certain to be dull if they're linked to motoring, clearly what people heard was the precise opposite of that point. What, that it wasn't dull? Well, someone thinks it isn't. No, I don't think it is either. But it's not your show. <laughs> but I can also give you the answer to the dullest question you just said you heard. Which was the dry riser? Yes. No, don't spoil it. Anyone else is fun. Okay. Because you you're only allowed one contribution. I, I, I mean, your question is, what is the most economic... I know this is not an impression of your voice. It'll sound like Ken Livingston, but it's supposed to be a sort of uh, uh, a default position dull questioner. That's because I'm now sitting in the underpass in Madarabone on my car kit. You but you're, you mean, what is the most economical speed at which to drive my vehicle? <laughs> That's what you just asked me. Well, in this day and age of austerity... Yeah, no, well, not, I, no, 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 you've missed the question. You've missed the question. You've got your, turbo your on or here. turbo off? Right. When I'm driving along... No, I've got... Oh, don't. Crikey. I didn't mean you to do it again, Mark. 
When you're driving along, Turbo kicks in. I bet there's someone out there who knows the answer. So Turbo kicks in at 1,800 revs, and you want to know whether you're using more petrol before or after it kicks in? Yes. It's still really boring. But I bet you, it's one of those questions that someone will go, do you know, that's a good point, because how many people are driving around at what they think is a relatively economical speed but I'll probably not. Uh, so, no, stop it now. No, seriously. It's, 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 it's LBC 97.3. I'm James O'Brien. It's 12.30. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. It's 32 minutes after 12, and uh, some of the questions that need... I can't... Dry risers and turbos. This is Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the questions that have had you troubled for the longest time. My favourite so far, origins of the phrase mealy-mouthed. If you've ever worked in a sandwich factory, where they make, you know, the sandwiches that you buy in supermarkets or Greg's... Actually, not Greg's. I think you get crusts in Greg's. What do they do with the crusts? I'd, I would like to know. Not as much as uh, Chris. Was it Chris? No, it wasn't. It was Mark, I think. Anyway. Uh, the origins of curtsying and bowing. I think we've done that. I, I, we haven't had a definitive answer on curtsying. But if you think back to Victorian times, someone's just pointed out by text. There's no way a woman could have bowed while wearing a corset. That may well be that. Uh, the bearing of teeth in a smile. Are we the only species that do it? And why do we do it? Dry risers and turbos. Uh, Tilo is in Kentish Town. Tilo, question or answer? Question, James. Question. Bring it on. Uh, the, expression, the expression gringo, El Gringo, you had the Yankee within the last 12 or 18 months, if I remember right. Yes. But uh, as a North American white man, why do the Latinos in the Westerns call them gringo? Yes. I, I, is it rude? Because I, 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 I was in uh, Guatemala a few years ago, and... Um, and all the kids, I. all the kids shouted "gringo" at me, and I thought it was quite sort of endearing and sweet. But I don't, I don't know if it's a, actually a rude epithet. I, I have no idea. I, I was there for six months traveling various countries. I wasn't interested, other than kids who didn't work out that I'm not American. But um, yeah, I'd like to know what "gringo" where the original. I, I've got a feeling that no one actually knows. I, I don't know whether that is because we've had it before or whether I've just been interested myself it's one of those disputed ones but i will put it on the board and hopefully get an answer of sorts for you i think because it was probably originated before the written word was prevalent or common it hasn't actually had its history properly recorded but i could i could be talking complete gibberish wouldn't be the first time tilo we'll do our best to get you an answer to that question gringo it's more interesting than turbo howard is in seven oaks question or answer howard it's a question please james come on mate uh, when somebody dies and their body gets embalmed, what happens to that blood? Is it poured down a drain? Is it used as fertiliser? The reason why I'm interested is because of the amount of disease that blood has. And if you work out how many people are uh, embalmed every day, that must run into thousands and thousands of gallons. How many people are embalmed every day? Where are people getting embalmed? When they die, they, you know... They don't get embalmed. Uh, Yes, they do. Do they? They get their blood, they get their blood taken away. Are you sure? And, yeah, their bodies are filled with formaldehyde, I believe it is, and... Um, what, just normal dead people? Yep. No. Yep. No. Yeah, I think the majority of people get... that die are embalmed because it preserves the body. But why do they want to preserve the body? They're sticking it in the ground or burning it. 
Well, I know what you mean, but uh, perhaps it, it aids... You can't, anything, for, you can't embalm a body that you're going to cremate. It'd go off like a Roman candle. No, you're, they are embalmed. They are not embalmed. embalmed. You, no. Howard, are embalming. <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. I'm interested in what happens to Well, I, I, yeah, but your question only works if they're embalming loads and loads of people, because then there'd be quite a lot of blood and it would be an interesting question. But I think embalming is a very rare occurrence in this day and age. No, no. I lost my mum and my dad, and they were both embalmed. I'm sorry to hear that. No, but are you sure? They call it, yeah, they call it hygiene, I believe. Well, that's what we were told. R- really? Yep. Well, I, again, as I said earlier, whenever I'm convinced that someone is flying in the face of common sense, it's almost always me that ends up looking like a Muppet. <laughs> so, You're not a Muppet, the, the, the blood will go down the drain, obviously. I mean, what else can they do with it? Make black pudding? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's... You know, if you've got AIDS, it's in the blood. I mean, if it's pointed down the drain, that's going into the water source, isn't it? Uh, well, I, th- I, th- I suppose it is, in a way. All right, uh, you're on. We need an undertaker, don't we? Not like that. Yeah. Everyone's fine, but we need an undertaker. Or an embalmer. To, or an embalmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're right, there should be millions of embalmers up and down the country, shouldn't there? Well, I don't know about millions, but I think there's quite a few. I bet there isn't. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a good job. It's a good job he became a politician, isn't it, over in America, and didn't do that for a living because uh, <laughs> Obama, the embalmer, has got a certain ring to it. Yeah, Obama, the embalmer. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. That was a very polite chuckle. I'm not sure I deserved it. Andy's in stains. Question or answer? It's an answer, James. Come on, Andy. Um, Ex-fireman, ex-London fireman. A uh, guy riser is very simply put a a pipe. Mm. with an inlet at ground level that goes all the way up to the top floor of a tower block, say, with outlets on every floor that have got caps on. If the fire, say, on the 10th floor, fire engine comes along, plugs its hose into the inlet on the ground floor, the water shoots up to, to the whatever floor the fire is on, let's say the 10th, and the firemen plug their hose on the 10th floor to the outlet on the 10th floor to fight the fire. Bada-bing, bada-boom. It's a dry riser because it's dry and it's not charged with water until it's needed. At which point it rises. Absolutely. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you very much. And it's earned you this. (laughs) Aha! (laughs) Oi, that's my catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) We've got another Andy next, all the way from Staines. The next one's in Norway. Question or answer, Andy? I have a question. Marvellous. Whereabouts in um, Norway are you? That's a bit general. Are you, uh, which bit? I'm in a, a, a little seaside town called Moss, which is about 60 kilometres south of uh, Oslo. Excellent. I'm glad we cleared that up. We're, so, uh, Andy is in Moss. Andy, what would you like to ask? Uh, I'd like to ask, why does the moon look silver in the sky and not yellow? And the reason for that is, you know, you see pictures of the sun, um, photographs and yeah. other things. It's always a nice big yellow disc in the sky. Yeah. When, uh, you know, your kids get their colouring crayons out, do a nice picture, they always draw a big yellow sun. Um, the moon you see in the sky because it reflects the sunlight yeah. and acts like a mirror. Yeah. So why does it look silver and not yellow? Where are you at the moment? I know you're in Moss, but more specifically, where are you? I'm actually working from home today, James. Can you see outside? Is there a window near you? There is, yes. Right. Uh, can you look out of it for me? Uh, I can look out. It's a very cloudy day today, so, so I can't actually see the sun. No, I don't want you to look at the sun. I want yep. you to look at what is being affected by sunlight. Yep. Is anything yellow? No. There you go, mate. The sun is <laughs> yellow, but sunlight is not. 
Well, why does it look yellow then? Because it's, it's, it's a dip. great big burning ball of fire, but but the light that comes off it across the spectrum of light is not yellow. Yeah, but if that light... That, um, I thought I'd just reflected. closed you down and you're coming back for more. If the <laughs> mo- You might as well ask why that table out in your garden isn't yellow, mightn't you? Uh, that, yeah, that, that's a good point, but I think it still stands. It's, so why uh, isn't everything um, yellow, except in that cold place song? Well, why does the sun look yellow in the sky, then? And if it's been that yellow light's been reflected by a mirror, which is effectively the moon, and it's roughly at the same but height... But, but the the, 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 no, because the sun, the fact that the sun is yellow in a blue sky actually answers your question for you. Because the, uh, emana- the light emanating from the sun is not yellow. It's light. Yep. It contains uh, yeah, all the colours. It, it contains be... all the colours of the spectrum and reaches us as white. Yeah, but the, the sun will look yellow in the sky. It could be because the light's been... Ref- um, but then the sky would be yellow. Everything would be yellow. Everything would be yellow. It would be like those bulbs you had in your room when you were a student. The green bulbs, everything goes green. Yeah, but the sky looks blue because it's... Um, uh, uh, um, uh, scattered. Well, it should be uh, green, uh, shouldn't it? It should be blue and yellow mixed, according to your logic. Yeah, well, the white light is also all the other light that's scattered, you know, the, the blue light that comes in that makes the sunlight look yellow. So the question uh, really is, white. why isn't everything yellow? Uh, n- n- no. If yes. the moon's at the same height in the sky as the sun, and the sun looks yellow... Well, why are you picking the on the moon? Every, I mean, why would the moon be the only thing that reflects the yellowness of the sun? Why wouldn't this white piece of paper in front of me now, that white building over the road, everything should be yellow? No, I, th- I think the sun looks yellow, because the light that comes to us is the um, other colours are kind of scattered away. Um, they still reach the Earth, but uh, not directly from... Um, uh, viewing the sunlight, I don't think I can help you anymore. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I mean, I could, but again, I, 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 I hope I'm not being brusque or dismissive with you, but it's a, it's not, it, I mean, I thought when I pointed out to you that what you could see in your garden wasn't yellow, I thought that would be the point at which you sort of retired gracefully from the fray, Andrew. But no. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> I feel, still think it's a valid question. I know you do, and that, that's, what, that's what's yeah. worrying me, frankly. Because what if it is? I'm going to look like a... Wally. All right, why isn't the moon yellow? Answer, because it's not made of cheese. <laughs> Sorry. I must start trying to amuse other people rather than just myself all the time. Bernie's in Buckhurst Hill. Bernie, question or answer? Yes, hello, it's hello. a question. Yes. Uh, why do some stars twinkle and some don't? You're on. Yep, that's fine. Or, or at least appear to us, all these millions of miles away, to be either twinkling or not twinkling. Yeah, I, I, I'm a very amateur sort of a stargazer. I'm really, a very amateur radio presenter, Bernie, so <laughs> we've got something in common. <laughs> not at all. Um, and... Yeah, it, you know, I'm I'm learning little bits from reading quite a few books on basic astronomy, um, and this is really beginning to puzzle me because uh, some really will twink, uh, twinkle, but they tend to be in the minority, um, and brighter stars will remain static. So I can't really get an answer from that. I, I, whether there's gases coming from them or... But anyway, that's my question, James. I like it. You're on, Bernie. OK. 
<laughs> Why do some stars twinkle and other stars not? Do you ever wonder what they are when you see well, them twi- when you see them I, twinkling? I think they're all suns, aren't they? I think all the stars we're looking at are actually suns, which is another question. But are they like a diamond in the sky? They are. It's they are. They're like diamonds. Yeah. Although, um, and if they're really high up above the world, so high. Light years, that's the more staggering thing, and not just two or three, but in thousands, thousands of light years away. We're looking at something that took place a thousand years ago. That's why why we all wonder what what they are, isn't it? It's just unbelievable, isn't it? It is. And some of them, of course, a few are um, uh, are different colours. Are they? Yeah, they are. This is all a bit new to me. Well, we live you, in the... You'll get red ones and orange ones and blue ones, and these are not planets, these are stars. You're on. Let's find okay, out for you. great. Carry on, Bernie. Happy gazing. It's 12.45. LBC 97.3. 12.48. do some stars twinkle and other stars not? Why isn't the moon yellow, given that the sun is... I was wrong about embalming. In my defence, I said I probably was. Whenever I start mocking a questioner for being silly, it usually ends up me that looks silly. Of course you embalm body. I mean, you can't leave a body lying around for two or three weeks. The gap between death and burial is quite big in this country, so formaldehyde is often used. Therefore, was it Howard who asked the question, where does all the blood go? We'll find out for you, Howard. Where does all the blood go? I need an undertaker. Don't panic, don't panic. Only to answer the question. Everyone here is fine. Origins of the word gringo. The dull turbo question that I can't bring myself to repeat. Why do we smile? Are we the only... Why do we smile? Why do humans smile? Why are we apparently the only mammal that does? A little bit of curtsying and bowing. Still looking for the uh, destination of crusts left over from the sandwich-making process on an industrial scale. And the origin of the phrase mealy-mouthed. Uh, if you've ever been involved in the production of communion wafers as well, do ring in on 0845 We need your help. Not in a spiritual sense. Salvador is in Heathrow. Salvador, question or answer? He's an answer, James. Good. Um, I'm a first-time caller. You're so very welcome. Me. You're very, of course. And my you're, accent. You're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an answer about uh, gringo. Um, long time ago, uh, Mexico, or Texas, used mm. to be part of Mexico. I know that. I've seen Zorro. You know that, yeah. Right. Um, that situation brought two Mexicans tried to invade Texas to get ah, it back. Yes. So what they wanted to do it was to the soldiers go back. And the soldiers were wearing green, green uniforms. Oh, so what the Mexicans would call the soldiers wear greens. What so Spanish? Are, uh, are you sure? I am. I are am you me- are you Mexican? Mexican? I am indeed. Yes. What is Spanish for green? Verde. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a slight Verde. flaw in your theory? <laughs> no, well, what they used to say is, uh, green, go, which is go away, green, go. Yeah, but That's they, they, they speak go. Spanish. Yeah. So they'd say vertigo. Vertigo. No, 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 no. <laughs> and they get dizzy. <laughs> no, no, no. They used to try to, you know, the soldiers to understand them just to go away, you know. They wanted them to go away. So it was green, go. You think? That's, that's where it comes from, yeah. My, actually, my granddad participated in the 1910 revolution. Oh, you're going to make me feel bad now. You're going to give so much sort of historical background. But I still, I, I'm still, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't, why, I mean, why would they say green when they speak Spanish? Well, they just wanted the soldiers to understand, isn't it? I mean, 
you were never going to have an American speaking Spanish. So the Spanish had to speak in English to them and say, Green, just go. So. so Green, go. Well, I'm going to give you a round of applause, but, uh, but I, I, only out of, out of politeness and generosity. And do you know, <laughs> Thank you very oh, much. There it is. In the Dominican Republic, Gringo right. means free range. Free range? Polo Gringo in the Dominican Republic is free range chicken. Really? Hmm. Do you know? Do you know? First time. You live and learn, anyway. eh? And yeah, before you go, time. how rude is it when if I was in Mexico and someone went, hey, Gringo, do you want a cerveza? How rude would that be? No, nah, it's not rude at all. No, I never it's took it as rude. No, nah, it's it's uh, it's actually fun. Actually, they the gringos actually look after you know look uh, forward to to yeah. hear that to be called gringos. I think so you're right. It's not like a, it's not offensive or anything. So have this from me. Oh, you've already had it, haven't you? You've had your round of applause. About yeah, to give you another one. You're going to give me two. That's fine. No, no, no. I'll wait for your next call, Salvador. Thank Thanks, you very sir. much indeed. Great stuff. And 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 that's the best answer we're going to get. So that's why I got the round of applause. Ricky's in Battersea. Ricky, question or answer? It's a question. Blimey, left it late. Go on. <laughs> why is it when you watch TV? Yeah. That uh, the people doing sign language. Yeah. They're always on about four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. They're yeah. not on the main news at six. Yeah. At 10 o'clock at night, do they think that deaf people just sit up all night waiting for the news? They do. Why they, are they, they on so early in the morning? They, they do. If you, I mean, there's, a, there's scientific evidence to show that the more hard of hearing you are, the less sleep you need. Really? Yeah. Why aren't they on the 6 o'clock news? So, obviously, they're not going to sit up all night, are they? Not everybody. No, but if you... if I mean, obviously, there won't be any deaf people listening to this, but if there were, they'd ring in to say that it, you, the, more, the, the harder of hearing that you are, the less sleep you need. Don't know why. No one knows why. It's just biology. So you sit up all night waiting for the news? No, of course you don't. They tape <laughs> it, you spoon. Okay. okay. Just, they, they tape it. It's because you can't have the fella doing the sign language all the time because that would irritate the non-hard of hearing. So the hard of hearing set their machines to tape the news so they can watch it when they get up. Make you right. I'll take my well, round of applause. <laughs> Mind how you go, Ricky. Thanks for being a good sport. Spencer's in Harold Hill. Question or answer, Spencer? Uh, answer. Carry on. I think the reason that flicker, or a few of them flicker, until an astronomer calls up and do bugs. Oh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a terrible phone line. It's almost as if you're on a star. Should we try and come back to Spencer? Can we improve it at all? I don't know. Let's find out while I talk to Vincent, who's in Chadwell Heath. Question or answer, Vincent? Hello, James. It's a answer. Go on then. But it might be the same answer the chaps just Spencer just tried to give you. Oh. The reason some stars twinkle and some don't. Yes. Right. Um, I believe. From a childhood perspective, when I was a kid, I did astronomy. Is that stars that don't twinkle are planets? Yeah, and but there's. It. I mean, no. If you go somewhere outside, you know, where there's not much fog and stuff, and and and, and where you get a nice clear night sky, it's full of stars, and some of them seem to twinkle, and some of them don't. They can't be that many planets. It's all to do with um, the way the light hits the atmosphere, and from what they all twinkle, but you don't see it because the planets are closer to the to Earth. They. Yeah, but there's only a dozen planets or so, isn't there? Well, then this is just what I understand. That's what I was taught. I and if, you, if you're out of the atmosphere, you won't see the stars twinkle. Because it's the Earth, the light hitting the atmosphere that makes them twinkle. It's like the, the, the yeah, the extent of, yeah, coming, yeah. coming. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on the round of applause, okay. Vince. I'm going to give so Spencer another <laughs> crack of the whip. All right. <laughs> <No> <laughs> Spencer, what have you got for me? Yeah, go on, mate. I think the reason the stars spin is because of flicker. Uh, because of our pulsars. And pulsars are something that they're falling apart. I thought we were trying to fix this. It's amazing today. It's almost like they're ganging up on me. 
Or did we not try to make that phone line better and then you put him back on and it's even worse? Try again. I don't, I don't want to let Spencer go. He sounds like a star. James is in Essex. James, question or answer? Got an answer for you, James. Go on, mate. Your turbo unit oh, question. Yeah, you, jo- you just carry on. I'm going to put my feet up for a couple of minutes. All right. Easy, Tiger. Um, basically, every advertisement that's ever gone out for cars has always put the urban cycle in brackets 56 mile an hour as the most economical. And the reason for that is much faster than that, even in top gear, and your turbo will kick in, and that sucks a lot more air into the engine and therefore fuel. So that's why 56 is the most economical speed, and if you go over it, you start burning fuel. 30% more between 50 and 70 mile an hour. Have you finished? Uh, Fight so, sir. Right, give him a round of applause. Well played, James. Yeah, Good work. Oh, hang on. What are your qualifications? 23 years as a cab driver, and I've lost count of the amount of vehicles I've driven in that time. That'll do. Well done. Carry on. Jill's a much nicer cab driver than the last one we spoke to. Jill's in Wood Green. Jill, what would you like to say? Question Hello, or answer? James. Question or answer? Question or answer? It's an answer. It's yeah. a mealy-mouthed one. Oh, good. Um, what it means is actually softly spoken, as if you have meal in your mouth. Really? Yeah. No, but it's because it's, it's an insult. Be oh, it's, it's changed. Well, no. It's sort of started to be used as if you sort of mince your words a little bit and don't really say what you mean. Exactly. Yeah. Is that but it? But that's what it is. Me- uh, well, meal in your mouth. Me- well, I... So... Ah, oh, I see. So it began as a descriptive of diction and ended up as a description of intent. Yeah. Yeah. Qualifications? Well, I'm much like you in that I always believe I'm right about everything. What are you talking about? I'm not like that at all. <laughs> well, no, no. Of course not, because no. you're right, yes. as I am. Thank you, um, And had a big row with a friend about three years ago because I decided it meant being speaking meanly about someone. Meanly? Yeah, being ah. sort of, you know, yes. being spirited about people. Um, and insisted I was right, and they then got their dictionary of Brewer's Phrase and Fable out and proved me completely wrong. Ah, fantastic. So it is just, if you, like, talking with your mouth full means you can't really understand what someone is saying, and it's evolved into talking in a way where you're not actually saying what you really mean. Yes, exactly. Beautifully done. Round of applause for Joe. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Charlie's in Walton-on-Thames. Question or answer, Charlie? It's an answer, James. Come on, then. Uh, It's an answer to the um, curtsying point. Um, the reason, historically, that women curtsied and didn't bow is so that their headdresses or tiaras wouldn't fall off their heads, which is why when gentlemen bow, they remove their hats. Qualifications? I'm a costume maker. What about corsets? Uh, well, historically, not all corsets were low enough, so uh, in theory, women could have bent forward from the hip. And a woman would look pretty ridiculous if she took her wig off every time she wanted exactly, to bow. Exactly, exactly. Particularly in, uh, like... Um, French Revolution times when they had What about, mass, what about Regency? Wigs. I mean, they were wigs, weren't they? Charles II and stuff like that? Yeah, they did, but the men's ones tended to be very long and came down the front either side of the face. So they'd stay so on board? They would stay on their head if they bent forward. Beautiful answer. What sort of costumery do you do? Oh, all sorts. I work for a stagecoach, theatre art, so oh, uh, fantastic. For chi- I do costumes for children. Well, it, I, well I did, this is all for you. I don't want you sharing it with those little brats. <laughs> 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 Last one, Chris Park Royal. Question or answer? Hello there, James. Hello, Chris. Um, my answer is for the twinkling stars. Oh, I'm not exactly the most professional astronomer, but I'm not I do exactly. know. You've got about ten it. seconds. Ten seconds, quick. Okay, mate. It's because um, the closest star to us is four years away. Uh, the furthest stars are light years away. Now each star dies, um, and every star is a ball of gas. 
that then shows that each dying star twinkles at a different time because that's the activity oh, we can see her, from right, here give on. Give a round of applause. Anyway, Julia's waiting now. Got a whole one. No, 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 no short measures. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC 97.3.